This week on Moms Moving On. Whenever you're coming out of a marriage where it was very toxic and psychologically, emotionally unhealthy. Which can really prevent the other parent being able to heal and show up as the best parent for their children as well because they're fighting their own battle of trying to maintain the peace for their children but at the same time that other co-parent is just creating more and more problems which doesn't allow that separation component to really be a fine strong uh, line in terms of being able to heal and move forward so they try to keep that toxicity of that attachment that continues to feed their ego life moves on so why shouldn't we This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. Today, we're getting two amazing women joining us who are probably uh, familiar to you from their amazing Instagram account. Their names are Jan and Jillian Yuhas, and they're dedicated to helping individuals and families facing co-parenting complexities by amicably resolving disputes and increasing constructive communication for a peaceful resolution. What's really cool is that they're twins. They both have psychotherapy education and personal experience and a drive for resolution, which gives them a cutting edge in the divorce community community in helping others identify psychological manipulation, parentification, and emotional abuse. We're going to talk about a lot of those things today, but first we have to say hi, Jan and Jillian. Hi, hi thanks, for having, thanks us. for having us. Of course. I'm so excited. I know we connected on social media and it's always nice to take the conversation out of the DMs. So I'm happy you're here, but there is a reason why I couldn't wait to bring you on. And there was an article that you had posted that I had shared that got such a huge response from my community, which was about coercive control and co-parenting. Yes. It's, it's become very common, I would say nowadays, in a lot of the co-parenting cases that we see on a regular basis is where there's that power struggle in the marital relationship that's getting transferred to the co-parenting relationship and the partner that seems to need control is finding ways to control their ex-spouse after the divorce through the children. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone who's already tuned in is like, oh my God, thank you for having this conversation. So before we get into it more deeply, I'm really excited to talk about all of this. I think it'll be so helpful for our listeners. I just want to hear about you guys, like share your backstory with us. I think it's so cool that you both do the same thing. (laughs) Well, we are identical twins, so we kind of have the same path and the same interests throughout life. Our journey got started um, about the age of 21. We used to mediate at a family crisis hotline for kids who ran away from home. We did that for three years and it kind of became our calling, mediating um, between the teens and their parents and getting them back to a safe space. And then that kind of led us to our career of getting our master's in marriage and family therapy. And then after that, we got certified in mediation and coaching as well. Um, We are also children of divorce. Our parents divorced when we were three years old. We have a great relationship with both of our parents. While we did have, you know, some of the normal hiccups that kids can go through when there's transitioning and going back and forth between two different homes and new step parents coming into the picture. Um, We have a, a fairly 
I would say, pretty easygoing path when it came to our divorced parents. I truly believe also being a child of divorce that like we couldn't do the work that we do with the intentions that we have for people who are adjusting to co-parenting without having been co-parented kids ourselves. Like it, it just makes all the difference. Like it's great if you're divorced, which I am, but even better to have the uh, perspective of a child going through it. Do you think that that's a big part of it for you too? I think we have an innate calling to protect the innocent children. children. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think why, like we really try to really focus a lot of our co-parenting and children coaching all on helping the children thrive and having those coping skills to know how to process their emotions because you know, back in our younger days, we didn't learn how to process emotions or know yeah. how to like do deep belly breathing or grounding ourselves, things of that nature, whenever we felt emotionally flooded. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's really fun and exciting and be able to just help people, you know, get past those like everyday life struggles or emotional flooding. Yeah. Well, I know, I mean, I, I think when you come from the mindset of wishing things had been done differently for you, then you can make that much of a change. So I'm so glad you guys are doing the work that you do. But I want to get back to this article on coercive control that you shared. First of all, can you define coercive control for our listeners? So coercive control is where one co-parent is exerting control over the other, where they are usually, it's a manipulation tactic in order to still remain the power, I guess, in the power struggle, the power person over the other co-parent. They did this through lots of different psychological, emotional tactics in order to, so I would say it's classified as emotional abuse in a way, but it's so subtle. Sometimes people don't recognize the signs of what it is that they're experiencing when a co-parent is using coercive control. Yeah. And what I found, and I'm sure you see the same thing, is that if the relationship was emotionally abusive, it sort of just carries over. And because the person who is being emotionally abused is so desensitized at that point, they kind of just like, they, they perpetuate this kind of pattern in the relationship and it's so unhealthy and it's so sad to watch. It is. It's, um, it is very sad. It's very challenging for the person on the other end of the control that's going on because it can create a lot of emotional distress, uh, trauma responses, mm-hmm. because it's, seen, it's almost like post-traumatic stress disorder as well. Whenever you're coming out of a marriage where it was very toxic and un- psychologically, emotionally unhealthy. Which can really prevent the other parent being able to heal and show up as the best parent for their children as well, because they're fighting their own battle of trying to maintain the peace for their children. But at the same time, that other co-parent is just creating more and more problems, which doesn't allow that separation component to really be a fine, strong a line in terms of being able to heal and move forward. So they try to keep that toxicity of that attachment that continues to feed their ego. Yeah. And it, it lasts for years. It can last forever from what I've experienced and what I've seen. But how do you help a client realize, I know you give the 10 signs of coercive control in this, in this article you shared, but what is that breakthrough moment for a client when they realize, oh my God, this is happening to me. And it's just like being married to this person. 
Um, I think a lot of the signs that people generally recognize is that the co-parent is trying to parent them in terms of how to parent. Mm -hmm. So it's, they're more or less still trying to have a say so over everything that goes on in your new home and your new lifestyle. And they do that through how they, um, they use the children as the weapon or the source in order to still try to exert control over your life though. So you can't move on. And that Mm -hmm. can be done through gaslighting. It can be done through excessive calling of the children. I just had a parent who the coercive co-parent wants to play video games with their child, the children in the new home at the other co-parents and do it through video and chat. So basically he has access to witnessing what's going on in the home. And mm-hmm. he's saying, well, I'm just playing video games with my like daughters. Mm-hmm. And, but really he's trying to gain access to the home through video chatting and video playing. Yeah. And then you it's have subtle signs that we have yeah. to watch out for. Yeah. And then you have the non-coercive parent who just wants to like keep the peace and not ruffle any feathers and just gets conditioned to going along with whatever this person wants. And that's when they come to me and they're like, I mean, I feel like I'm still married to this person. What What is the difference between being married and divorced? And, and this is obviously, you know, where they need you. Um, so, okay. So we, I think collectively- are always worried about the kids in divorce. How does the coercive control and co-parenting affect the child? So it can definitely be detrimental to them developing their own belief system because they don't know what's true or false. And children are at that prime age. A lot of times between the age of five to seven is when their belief system gets established for their adulthood. So it can really impact their personality and who they're going to be in their adult relationships because they're learning what's safe or not safe, but they're also trying to figure out who do I trust and they get confused about is my does my parent does my mom or dad have my best interests but it also weighs on like do I trust men or do I trust women you know and things of that nature yeah and the the parent who's usually coercively controlling or manipulating the children they they keep a tight leash on the children because the children are an extension of their ego mm-hmm. and so they, the children are their quote-unquote property but this creates a dis. They try to create a distrust with the other parent who is not coercive control, and they create the distrust with that parent, which makes it challenging for the parent who is the safe parent to form a relation, trusting bond relationship with their children. Yeah, I just have to say because this, I mean, this was this defines my life as a child of divorce, and as much as my mom was coercively controlled and emotionally abused after the marriage. I remember her, obviously I went through all those things where I was confused and it was awful. I had terrible anxiety and just no sense of self. But my mom never said, you know, your dad's being an asshole or your dad's this or your dad's that. And and she really let me like come to my into my own and realize this for myself. Do you think most children, this is a question I get from everybody, do children eventually realize who's who and what's what in this situation? I think intuitively, if children are able to have those critical thinking skills and start to think for themselves, which is why it's really important not to defend yourself whenever you have these false accusations that the child presents after being at the other home, children know what love feels like. They know what connection feels like. And eventually, you can't deny those types of things. And they're eventually going to learn 
who's going to be their best support system and who's doing things, you know, from the kindness of their heart or who's just doing things out of like trying to control them or manipulate them. You know, you have those inabilities to sense fear or danger. Our body has those signals and children are able to eventually pick up on those, you know, with time. Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Let's go through some of the other signs, of course, of control that you, um, I know there were 10 in the article, but maybe some of like the top ones that you see over and over again. Definitely turning the children against the other parent um, in order to, because most of the time the course of control parent has a fear of abandonment or rejection as well. And so they want to make sure their children are never going to abandon them or reject them because they have this unresolved childhood wound. So they, they try to turn the parent against the children against the other parent in order to make sure they have that safety net with the children. Yeah. Um, they, go ahead. So they try to also control like phone calls whenever they're at the other parent's household. Sometimes they don't abide by their call schedule. Um, we, we usually try to advise that so it doesn't put pressure on the children to choose when that phone call is going to take place. But ha- having that schedule is really important for the child to know when mom or dad's going to call. But a lot of times they'll ignore those phone calls intentionally just to create that power struggle. And also, once again, then it puts the children in the middle of the situation. Their co-parenting matters. Yeah. Yeah, I they also that. would hope. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I see that all the time. That's one of the things that it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's what's going to kill a mom more is not being able to speak to her children. And um, I have a client who said to me that her daughter came home and said, can you not call me when I'm at daddy's? Because he gets so mad and I don't want him to be mad at me. And And my client was like, how do I handle that? I'm like, you have to honor that. As messed up as it is, if you say to your child, I don't want you to be upset, enjoy your time with daddy and I'll speak to you later. It takes a lot of pressure off versus like, you have to call me because I need to hear your voice. You know, it's a terrible position to put a child in. Yes, definitely. Um, We also see that a lot of the course of control, they withhold information from the other parents 
vi like vital information in order to use it as a weapon of if if you don't agree to my demands of xyz then i'm not going to give you this information that you need such as maybe medical information or um information in regards to their activities whatever it might be so they withhold information as more like a punishment type of mm -hmm. source mm -hmm. so what do you do like what do you do you realize you are being coercively controlled. You want to get out from under like the, you know, the control that this person is trying to have. What steps do you take? Like, is it possible to make this all stop more than just setting a boundary? So yes, uh, boundaries are always definitely the starting point. Um, a lot of times these types of personalities don't like boundaries. They feel like then they're being controlled, but boundaries are the complete opposite of that it's us trying to work together collaboratively as mm -hmm. co-parents and boundaries should be mutually beneficial um in the co-parenting relationship but the problem is the course of control person isn't a me versus you mindset and so they're unable to see how we as co-parents are doing what's best for our children so they are always in defense mode or attack mode in order to to create that power struggle to keep it going and to remain in the power seat mm -hmm. um so yes boundaries is the first starting point in terms of honoring what it is that you need for your own privacy and space within your home as well if boundaries sometimes these, since these types of personalities don't respect boundaries all the time then we need to resort to using our parenting plan as a source of leverage leverage in terms of saying you know according to our parenting plan we're supposed to exchange information about medical or so then we use that as our leveraging point and so you might get into the point of if they're in contempt of the parenting plan then they might start to abide by it because it's a law that they have to abide mm -hmm. by yeah so a lot of times we will help parents in this position use your parent they use their parenting plan as a source to put the children First. first in the situation with child-centered communication and then if they're still not willing to abide by the parenting plan that's when you want to start documenting because you're going to pretend and dealing with the course of control person you're going to want to document probably the rest of your life that you're co-parenting with them because at any given point they could threaten to go back to court because they don't have any sense of fear when it comes to the law it, per se. Yeah. Exerting control. So you're going to want to document these different types of psychological and emotional abuse, but we want to make sure that it's still in regards to contempt of the parenting plan. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that the type of personality who tends to be coercively controlling is tied to any sort of personality disorder. I hate to use the word narcissistic, but you know, everybody's using that word. Is it, does it go hand in hand with that? Maybe like a histrionic personality? Like, is there, is there a connection there? Typically there is a connection with someone who needs to seek power control at all times. So they usually do, we usually like to say they have personality complexities or traits without labeling people too much because we don't necessarily know that other person's complete story, but we can definitely say that when someone is very rigid, fixed mindset thinking, that is typically somebody who does have a personality complexity. And um, because they can't see from an open-minded growth mindset, they're not able to see things where they could see 
from the other co-parent's perspective that everything is black and white thinking patterns, which keeps them in that state of mind, which doesn't allow them to be able to get outside of their own head and seek you know, resolution when there is a co-parenting issue. So I would say, yes, yeah, some of the most, if we were to define a personality disorder, some of the common ones we would see with course of control are the narcissism, paranoia, um, and borderline. It, it, it's all, you know, this is so much of what so many women are dealing with right now. But I, I want to touch on one last thing, because by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be like back to school time. There is something that so many women reach out to me about that they're all dealing with is when they're, and I see you have it on your list as a sign of course of control, when their ex won't let the children do the activities that they want to do. What is that about? So usually if a co-parent is not allowing children to engage in activities, um, it's very common for someone, of course, of control to use activities as a, as a way to either hinder the child developing and developing social activities. The more the child develops socially amongst their peers, they're going to learn thinking patterns outside of the course of control parent. Mm -hmm. And so this is another avenue where the children will develop outside of their control. And so that then they will hinder them from doing that. So how would you suggest a parent who is just trying to sign their child up for the activity that they can't wait to try? What, what do you suggest they do? I think it's, it's a sticky situation. Usually you definitely want to try to get the other co-parents buy-in. So sometimes it's good to present, you know, two different options to your co-parent and let them decide between those activities. So that way they do feel like they're in control, but it also creates more of that win-win outcome because you're giving them two options to choose from, which also is going to benefit the child in that type of situation. Um, also asking them, you know, opening questions, how come you're, you know, don't feel our child should be partaking in this activity? Like, what are your concerns with this? So get them to tell their inner story of why they're saying no to this activity and get them to give you more insight, which can also help you sort of position them in a way where they I don't want to say put them in the corner, but in a way you're sort of holding them accountable yeah. in regards to why they're unwilling to do what's in the best interest of the child. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of times the course of control parent just, they can have more of a lazy mentality. They don't want to be inconvenienced that they have to take the children to these activities because it's inconveniencing their schedule and their time. Mm -hmm. And so they, since they put their needs first, they don't want to have to put the children's needs first, but the children need to go to these activities. It's so sad how hard it is for people with this type of personality to see past their own. Like you said, it's so black and white for them. Like if this happens, then that will be the result. Whereas the kids just want to be kids and enjoy, and they really have such a hard time with putting that first. So what would you say to any mom who's listening, who is starting her road to co-parenting or parallel parenting or whatever it is that's going to work best for her and the children, what would you say if she's dealing with somebody who is engaging in coercive control? I would say definitely find somebody who can support you because this journey is a very stressful one when you're dealing with someone 
who's coercive controlling you and your children, you need to have somebody definitely who can support you, who also potentially has understanding of the psychological and emotional abuse that's going on in order to protect yourself, in order to process as well and help your children process what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I also think too, really being able to focus on the relationship with yourself, carving out time for self-care and self-love activities, because if we don't do that, we can't be the best parent we want to be. We can't co-parent in a way that's going to be focusing on the children. And so having that healthy relationship with yourself in this journey too is going to be very vital to how you show up and how you respond in those moments of uncertainty. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. I feel like I posted something this morning about how we lose our sense of self in relationships like these. And we don't trust ourselves anymore because, you know, we've been gaslit or told how terrible we are, you know, whatever we do is not good enough. And once you're finally able to turn that corner and trust yourself, whether it's in parenting or just as a human to make your own decisions and not worry what the repercussions are going to be of somebody's hurt emotions, it's a whole different world. So I love that you you shared that. So tell us about how you work with clients. So if somebody listening wants to hire you and they're dealing with coercive control, it's obviously very unlikely that their ex-spouse is going to want to join in on the session. So how does it work? So yes, uh, we work with our clients on a monthly basis in terms of supporting their needs. Um, We talk to them usually on a weekly basis in terms of one-hour calls for coaching. We also have, they have access to us as well outside of those one hour calls. We have lots of mindset exercises as well. So we're really there to help support. We help construct emails, text messages, whatever it is that our clients need in order to strategically, peacefully move through this process and get to a place where they're no longer really impacted emotionally by the coercive controlling parent. What a beautiful service you're doing for so many people who just want to move on with their lives and do the best they can for their kids. Jen and Jillian, where can everybody find you if they want more information? Your your website is chock full of great resources, so I'm absolutely going to link it. Um, they can find us at divorcefamilymediations.com or even hop on over to Instagram at divorcefamilymediation, know us, and follow us along there on daily tips. Yeah. You really have great, great content. And I, it makes me happy every day because I know that it's helping your followers and I can share it with mine and it's also helpful to me. So thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. Um, I implore you to get connected with yourself and understand what your co-parenting relationship is really bringing to your life and whether or not you need to make a change. We are here for you all the time. Mom's moving on. We will see you next time. Thanks for being here. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. 
I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.